But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Back inside, new episode, Booty and the Beast podcast here at FIHQ. We gotta come up with a cool name for the podcast studio. We have a cool name for the gym. I feel like we can just all link it together, can't we? Is this just going to be the, is the fitness informant headquarters just called the Iron Union now? Yep. Like, Everything this is, is just the Iron Union. I don't, it's all. a union. We're better together. Yeah, better together. See, I Stronger like Stronger together. Stronger together, better forever, baby. <laughs> Welcome back inside, guys. Really cool episode this week. Uh, I think this is probably one of the first times anybody from the organization Redcon One has spoke publicly about what happened earlier this year with their CEO, Aaron Singerman being sentenced to a federal prison uh, for, for things that happened back in Blackstone Labs days. Forever so, ago. Yeah, definitely not, um, you know, obviously with the, the current Redcon 1 brand, but Eric Hart, mm-hmm. who's the president, uh, co-founder of Redcon 1, was kind enough to come on the show and just be transparent, which mm-hmm. if you know Eric, he's kind of always been that way, at least oh, with yeah. us. He's been, he's been straight. a great guy. And I've always said, I have no issues with anybody at Redcon 1 because they've always been good to me and my family. The reason the two of us are probably married is because of Aaron Singerman's 40th birthday party. It was our first time out together. We went the first to, time like publicly like posting us together. You were drunk, talking oh, yeah. Joe Bennett's ear they off. Made me, they made me a specific drink called the Danielle drink. It was awesome. It was great. The, it was a it beautiful was a fun time. party. Yeah. It was a great party. We sat at the table with Brian Shaw. His big ass broke the first chair. Remember that? He sat oh down and yes. the fucking chair. <laughs> Um, but oh, just, man. you know, it's, it's funny. Um, Eduardo from Redcon called me last week. It was like 6 30 AM. We're sitting in the sun and we had a really good conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, I texted Eric Hart and I said, Hey man, like come on the podcast, let's talk. And he yeah. right away all about it. So, uh, I, I hope you like what you hear. I, you know, obviously whether you agree or disagree with his perspective on everything, that is your call. But for me, I am appreciative of him being transparent and mm-hmm. and everybody has everybody has a right to their opinion. Oh yeah. And he's in a different situation than most of us watching, and that he's got a close friend, yeah, who had to leave his family because of things he did at an earlier point in his life. Yep. So that's the conversation for us, and we're going to do a whole episode on this probably next week, talking about prep. Um, our prep is, I would say, for the lack of the better part, officially over. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be careful to reverse out because I do want to keep this physique a little bit. <laughs> it was a long, grueling process. It was, and it was hard on us, and I'd say that I'm ready for this trip in Miami because I hope it's back our to Miami. Our home. Yeah, so we're, we're going to dedicate a whole episode about prep because I think the reality is we, we showed you guys a lot on social media, um, and then there are things that we didn't show that we wanted to save for the podcast. And that mm-hmm. was the impact it had on our relationship. Like we're still oh, yeah. married. Thankfully. I still wear the ring. Um, you know. but there was a lot that changed during the time where it was agitation from depletion, from, from low energy levels, whatever it I might be. I think there's a lot of transitions within the period of time that we did our prep as well. Cause I switched from nursing to working at home all time with you. 
the fuck so, is that supposed to be? I'm very easy to work. Well, I'm, I'm a very demanding. <laughs> I have high expectations of my employees. Okay, yes. and, and the only reason is because you know, I, I'm not your employee. I am your coworker. Okay, whatever you say. <laughs> I know who writes your checks, and it's me. So, uh, but no, to be honest, I think it's gonna be a great episode, it and is, I think that will uh, the photography or the photo shoot yesterday was was beautiful. It was so awesome, and we got sneak peeks already. And Ellie is the bomb. She's amazing. We initially were going to do the full photo shoot in Miami. We were going to do a gym and we were going to do the beach. And I had looked at Danielle probably three weeks ago and I said, why? We have a fucking gym at our house. And there's also, you know, we don't know how our bodies will have responded doing, you know, flying. You know, a lot of people will have inflammation following that. So, like, I think it was also just a safer bet to be here, be able, be able to have all the controllables. The lighting was the great. big shoot. And, like, obviously, we're still going to do our fun shoot on the beach, which I'm excited for. I know you're not as excited. I'm not, not excited. I'm just, I said that this one was more important to me. Because yeah. from a marketing standpoint, these photos we can use for Fitness Informant, for Fitbutters, for Iron Union, which is our new venture, um, in which we're offering personal training, coaching, nutrition, tra- everything. Like, mm-hmm. And I, from the sneak peeks, we look great. We do. The lighting yes. is fantastic. I, I would rival going to any gym. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, we go to a gym that's got a cool, like, hardcore backdrop. I can make it look fucking cool in Photoshop. Yeah, and there's also just the fact that it was private, and we didn't have to worry about, like, people around us. and Vibe. Like, we had our own music on. We, yeah, we got to do our thing and not have to worry about people watching us. And not that I feel like we will have really been that impacted by that but at the same time there is like a you know essence of being home and private and doing your own thing a big week for us as danny mentioned we're going to miami on monday it's for fit butters it's for work we are doing an instagram live with ap regimen ike and we are going to be announcing the vegan flavor that we're going to be launching august 1st that's the date I can't wait of our launch it's going to be launching august 1st with pre-sale end of july the flavor will be announced live, Instagram live. You don't it, want to miss it, guys. It's a vegan flavor. It's the world's first vegan flavored protein that we're using. I believe it's the world's first flavor. We can't find it anywhere. That so. was made specifically for us. Uh, that will also be released as a two-pound vegan protein from AP Regimen. Um, guys, the protein itself, is I awesome. was shocked. Amazing. It's I used awesome. it also in my protein waffles I have every single day yesterday. And wow, was it good. It's It's great. It's yeah, so great. It's that both the fit butters and the protein are and both going to be amazing. We announced this this morning on, uh, we were doing an Instagram live from the sauna. We created a new flavor, a Twix flavor. You guys don't even ask me about the jar. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's we got R and D a little bit more just to make sure that we, uh, cause when I first tried, I was like, mm, but then it like grew on me like a, like a, I don't know, like a, I was the opposite. I tried it and I was like, Ryan, this is heaven. <laughs> it's very good. So like, the problem unreal. is we have we have so many flavors right now that we have finalized, like that we have on a uh, schedule. So now I have to figure out where I'm gonna put because this would be a flavor that I can't launch alongside something else because yeah. it's too big of a flavor and it's, it's too so bold of a flavor. Good too. It's like it's so different than anything else we've launched, and I think that's why I'm like I I love which Marvel I which which well. which I love that you said that because that's what we fucking look Need. for and yes. do. Yes. Um, but like it, yes, we've had like the candy bar before and things like that. But like our candy, base our, is different. Our current the candy caramel, bar is Snickers. Okay, yes. our current caramel and candy bar is Snickers. Peanut butter. This one. You gonna give it? All, are give, we give gonna it say everything? No, we're just gonna. It's not peanut butter. Let's just do that. Yeah. Um, and it's just very different. Like it's just, oh, it's 
it comes through so differently. Yeah. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We're just trying to figure that out uh, in terms of launch timing and what makes sense. But there's your little spoiler alert. Uh, That's what you get for listening to the Booty and the Beast. Booty and the Beast. And we're going <laughs> to stop talking because our podcast with Eric Hart was like 50 minutes long. It was great. It was a little it, longer than normal. I loved it. it was, and it was then we great. had a, like a 30-minute conversation after the podcast yeah, about, about business and about life. And, you know, like... Man, I like good people, and I he's do. just a good person. So mm-hmm. join, uh, subscribe to the podcast. If we're on iTunes, Spotify. You can watch via YouTube. Check us out uh, on all of our different businesses, fitbuyers.com, <laughs> fitnessinformant.com. You better follow all of us if you're listening to this. Ironunionfitness.com, <laughs> offering full coaching, training only, nutrition only, and one-on-one personal training right here from the Iron Union in Maple Grove, Minnesota. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. For the last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize that you were born and bred for this. Things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most. Adding my product is going to help you get to where you want to be. Five percenters is five percent of the people in the world that are willing to do whatever it takes to reach their goals. We're talking about business, success, education. Willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Like the coldest it gets in Florida is like 50 and you're putting a sweatshirt and 
right? I'm from Michigan. I know you are. But like now you're you've been there long enough that you're probably a little bitch too, Eric, right? Like are you are you one of those Floridians who like dresses with a sweatshirt and really when it's like sixty out? No? No, I, I wear I will wear shorts in the snow. Like I still Heck to this yeah. day. That's like, Ryan. <laughs> I run hot for me. Yeah, I don't like my fiance, it'll she's from Washington. It gets the slightest bit cold and she's like, I'm freezing. I'm like, like no, it's not cold out. Like, so I mean, it gets I don't, I don't, it gets cold in Washington, right? Like, that's pretty far north. Yeah, you'd think that wouldn't be a culture shock at all. Like, how long has she been in Florida, though? Oh, uh, like a couple years. Okay, all right. Well, I mean. There's that, but uh, for those tuning in watching via YouTube, Eric Hart, Redcon 1, a huge history in the sports nutrition world. Um, I've known Eric a long time. He's one of the biggest sweetheart teddy bears in the space and really excited to have him on. Eric, you're not much of a, like, put-yourself-out-there type of dude, so I appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast, dude. No, like I've always said, as long as the bank knows me and the IRS doesn't care about me, I'm, I'm good to go alive, <laughs> That is good. Um, all right, man, let's just dive into it here. For those that don't know, like, what is your official title at Redcon? What's your role? What What do you do on a day-to-day? Yeah, so my official role is president, uh, president and co-founder of Redcon 1. Day-to-day, now especially with, you know, Aaron not being here, I really just run the whole day-to-day. Mm-hmm. So over. The entire ops. I have an exec team that I oversee for each key function of the business. Uh, on top of that, I still do the innovation for the brand. Really oversee the production side as well. Taylor runs it, but you know us vetting new commands. I do a lot. I'll sweep the floors if I have to. Right. Wipe up the bathroom. I mean, just whatever it takes. Yeah, and, and like you said, you've been there since day one. And I think, I mean, obviously you were on camera a bit with Aaron when you guys do the readiness report. But for the most part, you kind of stayed behind the scenes. Was that intentional? Yeah, so you got to think, like, I worked for Aaron at Blackstone for a week. So I worked for BSN for forever and then had my non-compete. Aaron called me and said, hey, I have this international sales job for you. I need you to start Monday. I'm like, cool, I'll be there. And that was a week that led up to his and PJ's, you know, fight. Next day after, like, the following Monday, everything happened. He calls me up and says, still want to work together? I'm like, sure, let's go. And, uh, you know, you got to remember, he came from Blackstone, which had a lot of eyes on it. And he was, we were, you know, he really wanted to show he could be more successful on his own. So, you know, he, him and I are, were good together because we're, we're polar opposites. Yeah, for sure. He's a pitch fan, he's forward facing. I'd rather be behind the scenes grinding. And we never stepped on each other. I mean, still don't. We don't step on each other's toes. Like, you got this over here, I got this over here. And so it just worked because he's, he's more forward facing. He's more wanting to be out there. So it actually just naturally worked well that way. Um, but I didn't mind. I, I really don't want to be forward facing. <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, it's obviously Aaron did a good job of putting himself out there and he put his family out there. And, um, I think that's why like the backlash of everything was maybe magnified quite a bit because of the stats that he had built up for himself. And now obviously with him being not present for a while and you having to take more of a, a bigger role on, how has that been on you personally? Um, you know, it has its moments. It, it can be stressful because the biggest thing you'll ever deal with, like especially in a business of our size, it's not the day-to-day grind of work. It's not the, you know, stress of like the business side. It's the people side. And Aaron and I used to joke around, it was the mom and dad situation. Everyone would come to me first, ask. If I'd say no, 
They'd go to him with half the story to get an approval. And, cause just, <laughs> yeah, just to, and then, you know, they were just showing him the tip of the iceberg. And, you know, he's the forever optimist and I'm more pessimistic. And I'd, I'd be like, no, no, give me your information. And so, you know, where now they don't have that. And so it's, it's the toughest part is really like, hey, you, the behavior has to change because now you can't run and go get the answer you want. Like, it's, I have a great exec team. We make things, you know, committee decisions we have to, but there's some stuff that's like, hey, it's just going to be my call for the brand and what's best. And, you know, again, there's no end around or politicking anymore. So, again, it's not to speak negative of the business. It's just sometimes it's just natural, right? Like yeah. with kids, like your kids will do this to you two one day. Like, oh, yeah. They're going to you, Ryan. Like, so that's just how it is. So personalities are the biggest challenge, to be honest with you. For sure. I mean, you guys are, and I always said this too, like, you know, Redcon was never one person. Like Aaron oh, was no. a big is, is is and was a big part of it. But like the team that's down in Boca and the 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 personnel that you guys have established in marketing and in branding and even in shipping and receiving, quality people, like good people who make that thing run twenty four seven. I mean, was that the vision from the get go? Did you expect to be this big? No, we never. Honestly, it's funny. Aaron and I used to have conversations at our old office. Like our goals were very low compared to where we are with actuals today. We're always like, man, if we could get to this amount in revenue, be hollow ground, it'd be amazing. And then that happened less than three years into the business. I'm like, oh shit, what's next? Mm -hmm. And you know, so we never really expected it to get that big. So in the beginning, and still kind of this way to this day, everybody wears a lot of hats because people just jump in, get stuff done where they need to get it done. Now, as the company's gotten bigger that can sometimes be detrimental because people are going to step on each other's toes oh, yeah. and um, a lot bigger stakes. But yeah, I mean, it was just like, I say, Aaron was like, he headed the marketing. Okay. I got production. I got the sales team. We both kind of managed the sales team. So yeah, we just, everyone took on what they needed to. So um, yeah, it was always intentional too. Of like, it's almost like with manufacturing, right? You have your favorite, but then you have redundancies just in case there's natural disasters or supply issues. So we all people were kind of cross-trained on multiple things. So if someone gets hit by a bus, like, hey, someone else can step in and the show goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, again, there's no way to replace that. Like, that's the tough part. You know, his personality is much different than mine. The way he manages is much different than mine. And then time you remove someone like that, it's never going to be exactly the same. So right. it sucks. It's like I'm used to him sitting in my office each morning and us having a half an hour to hour catch up, and that just doesn't happen anymore. I talk to the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the way we have things set up, if someone does get removed from the equation, everything keeps going. The biggest challenge I'd have is if I lost our lawyer, just because Jay is much like uh, the lawyer from Nutribolt, the bolt expert yeah. in FDA compliance. There's only two of these guys like like I know about there. So that'd be my biggest challenge. But everyone else, like I say, Jay's a stud. Jay's a sweetheart. He's a stud. Super smart. Um, just a good person. And I'm glad he's with you guys. Uh, he's just a yeah, just a good overall human being. I've never had a bad uh, interaction with Jay. And and I know when, I remember when you guys got him on the team, you were super excited about it. Yeah, he looks like a teddy bear. Oh, yeah. I mean, he does. He does look like a teddy bear. Him and his sneakers (laughs) and his ice cream obsession. Yeah, for sure. Uh, All right, Eric. So tell us, I mean, obviously it was a crazy beginning of the year. Okay, this this cloud has been kind of hanging over Redcon, uh, Aaron, for three years. 
I mean, navigating for the past three years, was there always the thought in the back of your mind, like, this could happen, and if it does, this is what we need to do? Yeah, we, again, Aaron always had to deal with that personally, right? That's mm-hmm. a lot of stress to be under, to always have this thing, like, over, there's a black cloud moving over, and you don't know what's going to happen. So we talked about it, but I tried to not bring it up too much because that, that's not on his mind 24 hours a day. Right. Mm-hmm. But organizationally, yeah, we put people in place. We made sure that our bench players were really strong. We got hired, you know, some key hires that we did to make sure that, hey, more institutionalize the business so that way, again, if, if that reality were to happen that we didn't want to have happen, everything would go. And so as it got closer, probably towards the back half of 21, that's when our exact means was more, okay, here's how it's going to work moving forward if this is the outcome of it. Um, so, yeah, we, we planned for it. It just happened much more abruptly than mm-hmm. we thought. Did you, so I know you spent like a week at Blackstone. Were you privy to any of this prior to coming and working for Aaron and then starting Redcon? Or did this kind of come out to you maybe around the same time that the rest of the world found out? Yeah, I mean, because for me, it was the rest of the world because obviously, you know, once the change happened with Daska, I mean, you know, they got rid of the majority of their products. So, you know, again, I think it was like an interpretation of that law. I get that. That's, his business, but I, I never thought anything of it to be honest. Sure, um, you know, kind of the nature of this industry in the sense that the rule, the rules and regs change on a regular basis. I mean, look, Mac right now, none of us know what the hell's going on with that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're arguing for it, against it. So you know, then like kind of, we had that in fade out. Then one day yeah. it was just like, oh, can't use it anymore. So um, yeah, no, I didn't really have any information. I wasn't worried though either. Right. You know, like I knew Aaron from. Yeah, he was my rep for RX Muscle back in the day sure. when I was at BSN. So I always just wanted to work with him. I, you know, again, PJ and I never saw eye to eye, never got along, but I liked what they were doing. Sure. They did things differently. Like, you know, because once I was at BSN and we got into, you know, we were acquired by Glambia, things just became more traditional CPG. Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. the first two guys who were just doing it their way, having fun. So, yeah, I just thought that I liked what they were doing. Do you? And I just got, we got to be friends through Flex and, do you do you agree with the punishment that Aaron and PJ got? No, and again, I like to say I'm not friendly with PJ, and I just when you really look at it, there's no injuries, so nobody was harmed. If you look, and if you look at people who sold actual steroids and you know ran labs, they got sentenced for less time. I really think it's this is my opinion, the end of one. Mm-hmm. It's just the federal government trying to make a case law or set an example of saying, hey, this is what we're going to do. Um, I don't think it's fair at all. I mean, again, he, he paid the price. He, you know, had to pay all these fines. You know, it, it's crazy. Like, that seems like more of what that's about. Is like, you know, that division of the government is generating revenue by, um, you know, what he had to pay back. But also, too, the thing, the flip side of it, we have roughly 137 employees. So you got to think, this business generates a lot of money generates a lot of tax dollars. So you take that guy and put him behind bars, it's a negative effect on on the world. Like, because he's actually doing a lot of good and, you know, applying a lot of, you know, money to people in the sense of job, tax base. So I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. What do you think? So when we, we talked, I, I made a video and I said, listen, like, I, I forgive Aaron because we all make mistakes. Like, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Danny's not perfect. Especially when we're younger. 
especially when we think differently. When you get a family and kids, things change quick, right? Like you mature, you grow up. The Aaron that I know and have known, he's always been good to me, kind to me, never had issues. Obviously, you and I, Eric, I mean, there are people who will tell you a bunch of different stories about Aaron Sigmund. Some good, some bad. That's this space. People will tell you good things and bad things about me. It's totally fine. So when I came out and said the video, I was like, listen, it's unfortunate this happened. I, 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 uh, I forgive Aaron for, for everything that happened. What should have, I mean, he should have, because of the interpretation of the law, however you think, do you think he should have faced some type of punishment, whether it was the monetary fines that he got, um, you know, to say like, hey, this was wrong. You need to pay for that. But then let's just move on after that. Or do you think it should have been like, just kind of watering the bridge, move forward? No, I think he just paid his fine. What the government, you know, says is like, say it's, they thought that money shouldn't have been made, paid it, given them probation or house arrest, something that, you know, because there's, there's more of a negative effect on his family, his mm. wife, his kids, yeah. putting behind bars than they're ever going to gain by locking him up. Right. So I just, I don't understand it. And it's like anyone in that situation, whether they're my friend or not, if I were to look at that, if that happened to anyone else in this industry, it doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really make sense to me. It's not good for the space, right? I don't think anybody was. I, I wasn't rooting for this to be the cause, and I don't think anybody was. And like, and here's a just a full caveat for people watching, listening. Like, we have not worked in a business relationship with Redcon for a couple of years, so like, you know, for me, it was not going to be like. I don't. I mean, nobody wants a black mark on the space or any negativity coming into the space. And then you know, now you have people being like, "Okay, can I trust Redcon products?" And I know Aaron did a video before he went away talking about this particular subject. And I'll let you talk about it. Can consumers trust Redcon 1? Yeah, so that's the thing is, is what happened with Blackstone, that's a completely different company. And also, too, people got what they were paying for, what they thought they were getting. It's just what the government's rules were on it. So, but with Redcon 1, all of our pro- most of our products are produced with Armada Nutrition out of Spring Hill, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So that's the... I think our NSF facility. We were just there. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, you guys know Brant and Don. So, um, you know, you get all your C of A, C of C's. We do third-party testing, too. Jay's, Jay's got a um, relationship with a third-party testing company where we have a protocol for third-party just to, to double-check it. Um, you know, Jay runs our whole internal compliance team. So anytime there's any type of adverse event, you know, just a complaint. We also use Dr. Hector Lopez. He's got supplement safety solutions. So they work with the FDA for us on our behalf if there's any issue. So yeah, I mean, what what is on that label? People are paying for. We like I said, we test it. We make sure because we want to make sure we're getting what we're paying for, and the consumers getting what we're paying for. And you know, there's no impurities. There's nothing that anybody's got to worry about because a lot of 38 percent of our consumers are either active or former military, police, firefighter. Those people can't have anything like mm-hmm. that happen. So mm-hmm. we ensure that. What is on that label is in that stuff. And I said this too. It's like, listen, this all happened. You would think now that you're probably under more scrutiny and under the microscope even more so now um, with this stuff that people are, you know, looking at Redcon being like, hey, are they putting what what's in there? Um, and, and being in Walmart, for example, like you can't fuck around being in Walmart. Like you need to make sure that you are good to be in places like Walmart and Vitamin Shop and GNC. Well, that's the thing. That's what we we've taken that stance from the beginning because we always wanted to be as big as possible. We wanted to get in these major retailers. So we knew that, you know, the original version of total war had uh, DMHA had area Durantis, And as things, the landscape and, you know, temperature from the FDA changed on regulations. We're like, you know what, let's get out. Let's make it as compliant as possible. 
Uh, even though they were compliant, we're just like, yeah, things could change. Let's just get out ahead of it. And we made sure that the line was as clean as possible and that we were above board because we wanted to get into vitamin shops. Mm-hmm. We would have never gotten a vitamin shop if we wouldn't have done that. Uh, GNC, Walmart, you know, all this, that whole cascade effect. So, again, we knew we'd be under the microscope. And we wanted to make sure that we were always above board because, yeah, you get into Walmart and have a problem, that's a, that's a whole other issue. Oh, yeah. What was that conversation after everything went down with the investment company that you guys made a deal with, was it two years ago? Um, Walmart, shop, I mean, what were those conversations like for you guys? They're all, like, obviously the, you know, the minority investment partner we got, they, they, you know, in the diligence of it, obviously knew the situation and planned for it, so that was already taken care of because it was had nothing to do with Redcon, and that's kind of the message they put out there. But Vitamin Shop, GNC, Walmart, everyone called and said, hey, just let Aaron know, you know, we support them, uh, we're behind the brand. Nobody had any, no customer ever said like, hey, yeah, you know, it's a reputational risk, can't work with you guys. Everyone showed the support. I mean, if you, I think Vitamin Shop really got behind the brand after, so I, I don't really have any negatives. Obviously, there's an interesting thing within like the personalities of the industry, and sometimes it happens within companies too, like there's... This industry is small, right? Yeah. Like in the grand scheme, oh, yeah. it's a lot of money, but very small. And a lot of personalities, a lot of ego. Mm-hmm. And people would rather see you trip and fall because they think they're going to get a step ahead of you instead of just being brothers in arms and being like, help carry someone if they're falling. I just, I've seen it time and time again too much of people kind of do pray for someone's downfall. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. It, it, it only hurts so everybody in this industry. I've seen it time and time again of people get, like, USP Labs. That wasn't good for the industry. Nope. You know, did Jacob, at the time, know what he was selling would be made illegal? No. Like, people wanted it. They bought it. Um, you know, so, I don't know. I just, I don't, that's one thing about this industry is always kind of, a little bit of the gym culture, I think, right? Yeah, right. I think you're right, man. It's, it, <laughs> nobody roots for people's okay. success, right? It's just, to your point, like, you're hoping they fail you so you could potentially step over them and take their place. And yeah, it's like, fucking you know, weird. I want this whole industry to come up. But, you know, it's, it's part of the gym culture, right? You see someone that's bigger than you, it's like, oh, it's steroids. It's like, no, maybe they train harder, eat more. You know, I, I think it's the same mentality carries through to this mm-hmm. space sometimes. And it's unfortunate because it's small, man. Like, I've been in this space a long time, and I've seen people come and go and go from this brand to that brand. And, you know, it, it's easy to burn a bridge because it's not a, not a big space. So, I don't know. I just wish people were more – there was more camaraderie and, like – helping each other that's what, like, for Aaron and I like when I was at BSN you weren't allowed to be friends with people from another brand when I met first met Flex he was with Gaspari mm-hmm. and we were at FIBO one year him Kevin Horton myself sat down for a meal and Rich saw him with us and was like you can't no don't no don't be in friends with them and so it's like you know that's just the way the space was and then with Aaron and I it was always like hey we know someone, they're friends with us. Yeah, we'll help them out. We'll give them account information. I mean, you know, there's a lot of brands where they come into the office and we just shared information. So, mm-hmm. again, the branding is what makes things unique. Everybody's playing with the same toolkit for the most part. You can only formulate this much. Um, you know, it's really marketing and the branding. And, you know, it's the thing. I, we don't mind helping people because, again, if we can grow the space and legitimize it and institutionalize it more, everybody's benefited. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so true. You're I mean, like for us uh, at our at our Fitbar thing, like we have um, modeled like our 
our ambassador program after like what you guys did with the tier operator program. We just recently relaunched it with a tiered program yeah. as well. Cause I said, look at what Redcon has done with that program. Grown huge. Like it, I mean the, your tiered program probably accounts for a significant portion of your D2C revenue. I have to imagine it is a huge percentage of your D2C revenue. Yeah, it is. I mean, and it's amazing that, that we look at it as like a micro influencer, right? Yep. Like, yeah, you go to the gym. You may not be big on social. I I don't like social media. I just, I'm not a big fan of it. Like I don't need the world to validate if is my life real or not. But right. you know, you have these people who they everyone's got a sphere of influence. Like you guys have a sphere of influence. So if you were to go to the gym regularly, and there's a certain people you talk to, like you're gonna it's something you love, you're gonna talk to them about it. It's gonna influence. So that's really where that program came from. It's, and also too, in the beginning when the brand started. The number of people that reached out to us said, "Hey, I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it." And you know, Aaron was like, "Well, we don't have any spots, you know, because again, everyone wanted to be an athlete." And our only athlete in the beginning was Dallas, Matt Jansen, uh, Joe Bennett, who's still on board. But you know, we didn't have a space, and then sometimes it would turn into "fuck you." Yeah. Like Aaron would be like, "Oh, sorry, unfortunately, we don't have a space," and then he'd get pulled off. So we're, that's where the genesis came from. Like, okay, how do we be all inclusive? There's people who want to be part of this but they're not necessarily an athlete. Like, how do we mm-hmm. make them a part of this brand? And that's, that's where it came from. And it, People it love the community. Because- that's what they love. That, like, that's yeah. what we were going off of, too. It's just, like, everyone likes to be a part of that family. And like you were saying, like, we don't want to turn people off to the brand just because they asked us to be an ambassador, and then suddenly, oh, no, you can't be, and then they don't want us anymore. You know, so it's just, like, creating that family, community sense that, like, everyone is a part of something big. I think that's something that you guys have done extremely well, Eric. I mean, I look at what First Form has done with their Legion Legion of Boom as well. Um, I mean, listen, I've been vocal that some of these Legion of Boom and even some of your tier operators are annoying as hell. But, like, they, uh, they are doing a fantastic job. A community of culture. And they feel like they're part of something. They feel like when they, when they explain what they do for a living, they don't say that they're a tier operator. They say they work for Redcon. They do. You know, like, <laughs> that's, what, that's how they feel. We've met multiple people. Oh, yeah, so that's what I, I'll go on LinkedIn and I see, like, there's someone who's like, oh, sales representative for Red Time One. Yeah. Or I'm in the airport or somewhere and they're like, oh, hey, my son works for you. And it's like, oh, okay, who, what's their name? And I'm like, I don't know that person. And then they click, it's like, oh, they're a tier operator. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a positive thing that they feel that they do work for the brand. Um, you know, so that's, it, it's important. I mean, it really helps. Your point, it's part of the culture of the business mm-hmm. where it's very inclusive. So, um, yeah, something that's one of the things we did right. Obviously, it's just had its you know ups and downs along the way because it, the program's changed a little bit here and there, people have changed. So, but yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things we're always looking at to constantly improve and revamp and make sure it's like try to make it best in class so that way it's just because obviously other people come out with similar programs. You know, and they're going to see what we do, see where maybe we made mistakes, do it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we always have to be constantly improving. Marketing-wise, Redcon 1, I think, is, is almost untouchable. Uh, I mean, it's been something since day one you guys went in. I mean, I, I, the, the story behind the name and the high state of readiness and kind of aligning yourself with that military feel. Like, every product that you come out with has a military name to it. Um, and now you're, you're very closely aligned more with the military with having like Rob Wilkins on board and just a bunch of people involved within the U S military. <sighs> I mean, do you feel that you're more of a supplement company or a marketing company? Um, it's a weird mix of both, right? Mm-hmm. I, and, and I think that's what you're seeing now in this space. The companies that are most successful are really marketing companies. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And brands I'll mention, I, I don't mention this out of negative. I think it's positive. I think they're doing well. Like Alani New, that's a marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, Rise. Nick and TJ have done a good job. That's a, a marketing machine. So, um, fucked up. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're a marketing company. So, and then their, their widget is a supplement where Aaron and I are, we're supplement guys. We're g- gym goers, wannabe bodybuilders. Um, you know, we've trained. It's who we are. It's part of our DNA. So that's where it's a little bit different. I think some of those companies, it's just, it's a revenue stream. It's a new, like I say, it's a new widget. It's just what they're using. Where for us, no, we are a, this is us. This is who we are, you know, the supplement part of it. But then we are a marketing machine as well. So, um, and with the military side, that's one of those things that, you know, with time, obviously, the brand kind of weaves back and forth sometimes. We're really trying to, like, pull back the center of really being military-centric again because that's what got us here, right? Like, mm-hmm. the old thing, dance with who brought you. Um, it's easy to look at other stuff and go, oh, maybe that's the way to go. Maybe that's the way to go. But it's like, no, you have to be unapologetically who you are. Yep. And that's it. Just like the whole stance Aaron took on the Arnold. Like, you know, that, that's whether it was good or bad press, that was his opinion, and we stuck to it. So, um, you know, we just kind of got to get back to that, too, because some of our marketing at times is, you know, maybe veered off brand. So it's just kind of pulling it back to center. So, but yeah, we're, we're a hybrid, I would say. Um, because, I mean, again, I formulate all the products. We use them. We formulate based on what we would use and want to use. It's not like, okay, meets this margin target. I can sell it for this. But here's the amount of money I need for cost of acquisition. You know, yeah, I think some of these other companies, not, not the ones I mentioned, but some of these other companies that are out there that are successful too are, it's just, it's all of, of, in numbers thing. Sure. You know, yeah. how much can I spend to make this? And, you know, I don't think they really care what they're selling. Sure. No, I, I 100% yeah. I agree yeah. with that too. Is, so the last question on this, and then we're going to move into more of your background, is um, obviously like you guys have access to Aaron and, and him being where he's at. Is, does he still have a play in the brand? Is he still trying to, or are you still having input from Aaron? Is he allowed to have input? I have no idea what that relationship looks like. No, he can't, he can't have any input. Um, we give him updates. You know, I let them know what's going on. Um, and that's, you know, him and I were always on the same page with stuff. We had different roles, but, like, our idea of the brand, like, MRE, that came from a conversation in my old office. And we were good friends with Rich. Like, I like Rich Keon a lot. But they're selling that real food product. He came in my office. He's like, can you fucking believe this? They're getting 70 bucks for carbohydrate powder. Yeah. And they're calling it real food. And, like, well, why don't we make real food? Why don't we, like, put together something that's actually real food? And... So we're always in lockstep with stuff. Like, so also too, unfortunately before his departure, we had a brand plan that I built for the year. So everything was already laid out and agreed to. So it's just carrying it out. I mean, you know, he can't give any input. He's not allowed to. Um, obviously all of his communication is monitored. And But, you know, we're allowed to give him updates. There's nothing wrong with him getting an update. But uh, outside of that, yeah, he can't really be involved. But it sucks because... I'm used to that back and forth with him. I'm used to like, cause I, I sit in my office and I work and maybe I'll start working on something and the blinders start coming in like mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we're bouncing stuff off him where he sees it a different way. It's, oh shit. Okay. Well, then we re- reconfigure and it's tough when you don't have that because that's what we're used to. So the, the back and forth, but it is what it is. I mean, we'll make it through. Um, 
But yeah, that, I, that's the big, that's the toughest part because you can't replace that. Right. No yeah. replacing that. And I, I said like one of the biggest benefits to Redcon one in this happening is, is your plethora of experience. I know we talked earlier about BSN. Now this is like the OG BSN, the BSN that revolutionized a category that people now flock to release products in the pre-workout category with no explode. Talk to us yep. about that. Talk to us about the first iteration of no explode and the impact it had on creating a category within this space. Yeah. So I, I guess I'll start. Like I, I originally got into BSN because I was, I used to go to the Arnold and Olympia just because living in Michigan, I could drive to the Arnold. Yep. I used to go to the Olympia because I would work for powerhouse gyms for seven years. Mm, so okay. I brought to the yearly conventions and get to the Olympia. And I was at the Olympia one year and I saw BSN had a booth. I started talking to him and it's like, and I don't explode that hadn't existed yet. Right. It was still nitric, Thermonex, lean dessert protein. What was so the what was like the, the pre workout of choice at that time before Norx No Explode because like No Explode yeah okay that's right. So everyone when I worked at Powerhouse, our cooler sales were crazy because it was Speed Stack, Rip Force, mm-hmm. Extreme Speed Stack, anything with the ECA stack yeah. in it that was drinkable. Man, I don't know. I don't know if you'd call it drinkable, Eric. I mean, I guess it was drinkable. It wasn't good. Yeah, but I, working in a gym all day yeah. long, I'd probably drink three or four of those. I a guarantee day you I, did. I, I, <laughs> Prostate killed every night by the time I got home. It was just horrible. But, yeah. like, still, there's there's no supplement like ephedrine. But, so that's what, if the original Thermonex was called Thermonex ERT, and that was uh, ephedrine replicating technology, <laughs> because everyone was trying to find what was the next replacement for ephedra. So, um, so when I first started talking to Anthony Preciano at BSN, when he was still there, um, he's like, hey, I got this program. I think you'd be good for it. That was their plant performance program. That's where, People signed up on the website, put in their information, and then we got them on an auto ship of supplements, helped them with their training diet. So, I don't know. It was probably over a year of back and forth, just staying in contact, helping them out with stuff. He calls me one day and says, hey, I got a job opening, but you got to be here next week. And I was living in New Jersey doing construction. Ex-girlfriend was at work. While she was at work, packed up all my shit in the car and drove down to Florida. <laughs> um, didn't know what I was making. Had no idea what the job paid. Got here, went to the office the first day, had to do some tests and stuff. It weeded out from five people down to three and uh, paid eleven seventy nine an hour plus commission. That a boy. And I was like, I was like <laughs> and, but honestly, it's, 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 I was like, okay, I got to make this work. Like, I have to make this work. <laughs> um, yeah, I went from making 50 bucks an hour in New Jersey to eleven seventy nine plus commission. So, yeah, it was a whole different world. But, you know, I was like, all right. This is what I always wanted to do because I used to be in, I went to school for forensics. That didn't go well. Got into training, switched my degree to exercise, phys and nutrition. So, but I always wanted to be in the supplement space. I used to like, remember bulk nutrition? Yeah. Um, so I used to order the raw materials from there. Yep. I'd use a food processor, make my own pre-workouts, try them. So I always wanted to like be in the space. Uh, and then I had a, I used to work ballet while I was in college and there was a guy that was an athlete for Metarex who used to come into the hotel where I worked and he would give me protein bars and stuff. And that was like, I was like, Oh, that's the coolest thing in the world. Like I want to work for a supplement company. That's really like what got me wanting to work. So anyways, enough of that bullshit. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I went, I got it at BSN and I was, it was customer service and it was hardcore sales on the phone. I worked from like 10 in the morning to one in the morning every day because I was like, I got to make this work. 
So while I was doing that, I would start writing copy for uh, ads, you know, because they they was like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, maybe help with copy. So I started helping out in marketing stuff, and then eventually got brought over to the marketing team. But with that explode, yeah, that that changed the whole game. I mean, that was um, I remember before I worked for BSN, I was living in New Jersey. I saw the ads for it. I kept going to the vitamin shop by my house every week. They're like, did you get this yet? They're like, no, we don't know what we get. These blue containers show up. It may or may not have it. And I remember when I finally got my hands on it, it was like, I hate to say it, the first time I took steroids. It was like the first time I had a vial in my hand. I'm like, oh, sweet. Like, um, you know, and it was one of those things where I, you know, it was like I thought it was like magical. Mm-hmm. Like there was something about it. And it was unique, you know, obviously with the effervescence and it was the first time. It really was a lot like Ultimate Orange, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Ultimate Orange has been out since 82. Um, but Dan Duchesne never really got credit for anything he did. Um, but yeah, so it was really a lot like Ultimate Orange, but I mean, that hit you. I don't know if like the original batches were like hot batch or what, but <laughs> probably. You know, we used to joke around in the office, the sample packs were two and a half scoops with old black packs. Mm-hmm. It would rock you. Like they would, they, I mean, there was, there was no way you couldn't get a good workout. Like right. you get that tunnel vision going and it was like, that was it. And obviously that's what the brand got known for. Right. And we used that to launch and grow synthesis. But obviously, you know, when you're the category captain for a long time, someone's going to come gunning for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that, that was in the form of Jack 3D. Yeah. USP came hard with the microdosing. Yeah. Listen, I'll give him credit. Like, Jacob did a good job of telling people, like, hey, this big scoop, it's got a bunch of stuff you don't need. This little one has everything you need, and that's it. And it hit you. like Yeah, what, what, was, know, in, what was in Jack 3D again, Eric? That, <laughs> that hit so hard. It was just, it was just DMA, really. Yeah. I mean, DMA, Shizandra Berry, uh, there was, like, what, six ingredients. Uh, you felt uh, like you were cracked out. I mean, it was <laughs> – it hit hard and most people like me would take two scoops of it because I thought I was hardcore and you didn't fucking need two scoops of Jack 3D. No, I, my old roommate used to take three and I'm like, are you nuts? <sighs> like, oh my God. I don't think like 15 minutes into the workout and I was already starting to like, like my yeah. adrenals were fried. What happened to sales of No Explode when USP when came out with Jack? I mean, because you guys were category leader and it, it got pretty equal pretty quick, didn't it? Oh yeah, and they ended up surpassing. Right. Uh, I remember... One year was like we did like seventy million in and explode, and then we'd seen that Jack had. I think we've done higher in the past, but Jack had done like a hundred million that year. That's so crazy on, yeah, with that product. So or you did a hundred million with Jack. I remember reading like something like they did two hundred twenty-five million one year. A hundred of it was from Oxyelite, another hundred of it was from Jack Three D. I believe that Oxyelite was a great fat burner. I mean, that's why people. And were that was on every cash wrap at every vitamin shop, like wow. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like, I don't suppose to help strong, because that's also, too, when the economy took a downturn with the housing market. Mm-hmm. So that's when we didn't change the formula. We just gave 25% more for free. And that added value really kept that product going for a while. Um, then it had, you know, another iteration of it. Yeah, was it but 2014, I mean, right? 2014 is something you guys came up with a new iteration. It was a new new look. And I remember you telling me a story one time, and, and I don't know if you want to tell us, but I believe the story was that the – the formula in which you approved was the formula in which they didn't come out with. That didn't make you very happy. Can you, can you, are you able, are you at liberty to, to, to tell that story? Yeah. I mean, I can tell in the broad strokes. Yeah. Uh, it's ultimately what led to me resigning to, um, yeah, we had a formula. Like when we tested products internally, 
for something to get like a like seven it had to out of a one to ten scale it had to get, at least get to a seven to get considered to get reformulated to keep it in the process mm-hmm. this one was like hands down eight to ten and our sales team was brutal they were like no don't want it and everyone's like how quick can i get my hands on this to sell so we, we moved forward you know we whole business case got it approved went to commercialization did focus groups i you name it i would put a lot of investment into it um and in the 11th you know i had a boss that was not from the industry didn't know a dumbbell from a barbell yep Thought a granola bar was a protein bar, um, you know, and then that, that's what unfortunately we were dealing with. And they were trying to give a certain retailer a little bit more margin, and he changed the formula without consulting the brand team who made it. And there's mm-hmm. a reason why certain ingredients were in there. In the end, unfortunately, it hurt the brand. Yeah. Um, you know, they have a they had an amazing formulator there too, uh, who ran the R and D department, Sal Abraham. He was there. From, he was a consultant for BSN when Chris and Scott owned it. He he was actually the person who made NL Explode work. It originally was in a format that it was didn't work. So, yeah, Sal, like I said, they had an amazing person there who could formulate and, and you know with the brand team and yeah, just all that got bypassed because you had people, you know, someone in the organization who just wasn't from the industry that just didn't get it. I will surmise it to that without getting into the nitty gritty, but. Yep. Yeah, and that, that's frustrating, and that's one of the things with this brand, like culturally, like yeah, we brought in bench players that are from the outside, but they're not forward-facing positions where they need to really speak the lingo of the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like customers, every customer is different. You got to handle them all differently. There's some customers you got to treat with kid gloves, and there's some you can, you know, drop f bombs to, and they don't they don't care. So, mm-hmm. but. You know, everything is, is unique in this industry. There's no one way to do it. You know, just like Vitamin Shop and GMC, their corporate specialty stores function completely different. Very different. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, very different. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, would just, I mean, I remember we got our hands on that new one at Supplement Warehouse. Like, we were super excited. We sold a shit ton of it, uh, but the feedback from customers was just, like, flat compared to the, the original one. And that's what triggered things internally was you had this, huge uptick in initial purchase and then a repeat just dropped. Oh yeah, yep. definitely. That's where it finally was like, okay, there's, there's a problem. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, so just take this, that's one good thing about like Redcon, like Aaron and I, he always talked about it as imagine going back to high school and knowing all the right things to say, the right people to hang out with, talk to, because you've been through it and you had all the answers. So with Redcon, we were able to keep the stuff we liked, get rid of the stuff we didn't mm-hmm. like. So you can see that where formulations are like when we formulate it never starts with a margin conversation it's like okay what do we want in it okay then we back up and go can we do it at this price will a customer buy it will the retailer buy it and make money and you know we're able to to do things the way we want and not you know even with having like a minority investment partner if they, they don't make any decisions for us they're just you know, help institutionalize the business. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's still our control of saying, hey, we want to do it this way. We're going to go to the market this way. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, we're very cautious to not kind of veer down that path where you start, you know, managing by the running the business by the P&L. Because that's kind of what happened with, with that situation. Yeah. It was just someone literally looking at a spreadsheet going, oh, no, we got to make a change. I think you guys, I mean, make- 
obviously you have to look at the PL, but to your point, it's not what drives all the decisions for the yes. business. Because, I mean, you look at Red, Redcon and you kind of look at your strategy, right? You guys picked um, your strategy, your sales strategy in terms of like your 30% offs and, and your volume based business. And we, I've had this conversation with a lot of people. It's like, how can Redcon do this? And I said, they buy in massive amounts that's able to drive some of the costs down that they can do this because they, they, they want breadth and over that volume, you make money. So you can mm-hmm. either have a super high price product and sell very little, or maybe you make smaller margins and sell a lot. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I mean, you, from the get go, I feel like you guys have kind of initiated, like, this is the, this is what we want to do. I mean, you have a four, uh, total war is 39.99 at Walmart. It's the highest price pre-workout ever at Walmart and it's selling just fine. Right. So, I mean, it's, sure. um, but you know, online, yeah, there might be a 30% off. There might be a buy one, get one but it works and it works for mm-hmm. you guys. Yeah. And a lot of times that kind of stuff is just to get people into the brand, mm-hmm. you know, it's the way to get trial and adoption. Um, mm-hmm. And over time we'll change that a little bit too, because you don't want, you want people to be brand loyal, not deal loyal. Yep. That's always when you, you pull price levers, that's the worry. You always have to be cautious because mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you pull a certain lever and it's hard to push back. Yeah. I mean, um, I always look at Coke and Pepsi, right? They'd always run a sale like every two weeks and customers became privy to that information. They wouldn't buy anything unless it was on deal. So you look at like CPG yep. and incremental sales and, and things of that nature. Um, but I, uh, I, I kind of, before we obviously stop the podcast and move on, we got to talk about some innovation since that's your baby uh, in, in terms of what's going on at Redcon one. Um, it's, it's been, we, we just got the Seaburn information. Nice mm-hmm. formula, Eric. I don't know if you're behind that one. Uh, features dynamine, teacrine, <laughs> perdoxine, Capsimax, like a lot of brand ingredients, good dosages. Um, I think it's your best fat burner. And that includes your powder base one. What else can we expect from Redcon potentially this year that you can talk about? Yeah, so close in, we have MASH series, which is like, so when COVID hit, we had all this innovation and it was, for us, we pivoted. That was when you saw more stuff on D2C because all of our retailers were closed. We had international customers calling saying, hey, stop that container. I can't take it. It won't get in. Um, so all innovation stops too. Like everything I've been working on, I literally just had to go, okay, stop. We got to make sure we can keep the core, the hero skew still coming in. And that's yep. mm-hmm. so really like 20, a lot of 21, everything just came to a halt, which sucks because we we're always trying to like set the pace and we just couldn't do it. And hell, I couldn't get my regular stuff in, let alone something new. Mm-hmm. Now that mm-hmm. cleared itself up. So MASH series will be next. That's all Oregon health products. So obviously as I've gotten older, that stuff's more important to me. Um, you know, so it's like liver, brain. Have kidney, you looked at other, you know, on, on that note, have you looked at other companies in the space that have done that and done well and say like, there's, there's definitely, a, I mean, I feel like I'll just say like, you mentioned Matt Jansen earlier, he's behind Revive. They created, they made like organ health sexy. And I look at what Revive did and I'm like, thank you. Because now you guys and other brands are doing it too, because I think more That's options, right. the better. Mm-hmm. And it also is educating the customer like, there's more to health than pre-workouts and proteins. Like you need to take care of your prostate people and your liver and your kidney. You, you can get a pump, but if all your organs don't function properly, it's no, there's no fucking point. Right. Amen. So as I've gotten older, I've gotten, like if you look in my, my vitamin thing I take every day, the, the supplements in it are like citrus bergamot. It's all things for, for my heart, my liver, just for longevity. Cause I got kids and it's like you guys, like mm-hmm. your mindset changes. It's like, okay, I want to be in shape, but I just want to be here longer. I'm never going to step on stage. Never wanted to. Um, so yeah. So the mash series, uh, big noise, RTD, our total war RTD, which is funny. That's like a side project I worked on. Aaron's like, ah, I don't know if people are going to buy a pre-work. I don't want to buy scanned energy. 
and we launched it and it's been wildly successful. But the feedback we get is there's a lot of people who train at night or people who are just stem sensitive mm -hmm. and they love big noise. So we're doing a big noise RTD, a little bit different formula, but all pump, no stem, neuro. Um, that comes nice. out July. Uh, I'm sure I think other. Are you guys going to do, are you going to do energy? Yeah, we are. So canned energy is, is it's something that, I'll be honest, we're late to the dance on. Sure. Because Aaron and I, for a long period of time, were like, man, such a proliferation of canned. Remember, canned energy seemed like it was dying down for a while. <laughs> There's a point where everybody had canned energy, and then it just kind of like died down, and then you just had your monsters of the world, bang, rain, and that was it. Then there was this like second wave of all these proliferation of energy drinks, and now everybody's got it. Mm -hmm. I mean, so almost feel like, you know, we're at a point where, okay, we have a built-in consumer base that wants that product from our brand. And right now they're buying it from somewhere else. So listen, even if we're, we're not going to be a monster, we're not going to be a bang, we're not going to be a rain. But if we can serve an energy drink that's done our way to our core consumer and maybe get a little bit out wider, that's success for us. I for mean, sure. Because you know, we want to look like too. We got our tier operators walking around with monsters and bangs in their hand. I'd rather be Redcon One Energy. Yep. So. Yeah. Amen. Uh, yeah, so I mean, we got the MASH series, we got RTD coming, um, any reformulations of Total War, anything on that nature, we we stay in steady? Um, no, we're just, I mean, obviously that product's doing well, why disrupt the apple cart. One thing we have been looking at, and I'm, I think I saw a post by you as well, these fully loaded pre-workouts that are coming out, this proliferation in the space of, like, Godzilla, Jim Priex, Cage Delete, C4 Dynasty. Yep. You know, lit as fuck. Um, Ghost now is doing a loaded one. It's interesting, right? Because we went, we talked about NL Explode being more, you know, complete, I guess. Yep. Then you went to Jack, and then C4 was King. And then when we came out with Total War, that became kind of the new standard for formulations of pre workout with six grams of citrulline, 3.2 of beta alanine. And now you have these monster pre workouts. That's a subcategory, right? Because there's only so many people that are going to spend 100%. that much money. Yeah, ninety nine to <laughs> seventy nine ninety nine a pre workout, but there's mm -hmm. a market for it. So we're we're definitely looking at it. I just I'm still trying to curious who's the consumer that's buying that. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's. I mean, we did like I said, we were at Armada two weeks ago, and what we did um, was an exercise to pretty much illustrate to the consumer what it actually costs to make a pre workout. Because I don't think consumers understand. Right. And so the pre-workout that we posted about, you know, six grams of citrulline, two grams of nitrates, five mm -hmm. grams of creatine, which was probably half the fucking formula cost. Um, you know, actually, like from a 30 serve standpoint, our landed cost on that formula, if we produced it, was like 28 bucks, which is why we said this would retail for seventy nine ninety nine for a 30 serve. And the idea was like as a consumer understand like there's the raw ingredients, then there's the tub, then there's the label, then there's the freight, then there's the lights, then there's the heat. I mean, that's what we try to get consumers to understand. Like this is why you're paying a margin on these products because you have to pay a plethora of other things on top of just the raw goods in that product. Well, yeah, and even on the raw material side, the people, things that people don't see is like the flavoring cost. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Flavor product. So, okay, maybe may five cents a serving, now times that by 30. Now you got a buck 50 in that formula just to flavor it. Yep. And then if you can use the bitter master and then this, and then mm -hmm. the desiccant pack to go in there, so there's a clump, the seal. Um, to your point, you know, then there's all the overhead that nobody factors into it because it just doesn't end up in a tub for free. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the tolling cost of that. So, yeah, it, it, is, it is expensive. And I'd hate to be in Brent's shoes as a manufacturer right now. 
Like, I talk to him on a regular basis, and I would not want to be that man for anything. Like, dealing with all the issues with containers and everything coming out of different countries where it's all delayed. You can't get labor because it pays more on unemployment or Amazon than to come in and work on a production line. Um, you know, every time you turn around, costs just keep going up, and then you got to tell your customer, like, hey, citrulline's now another three bucks a kilo. And mm-hmm. I mean, sucralose went from, I think, like, 14 or 16 bucks a kilo up to like 84. That's at everything. Which that's is the hard. number one sweetener in our space. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so for us, I mean, we, we didn't take a price increase forever. We just bought up heavy on volume and we're like, all right, let's, let's try to pass it on as long as we can and not, not, in, you know, increase prices of the in consumer or retailer. So we, you know, we, as a company, we lost profits over like the last seven, eight months, probably longer. Just because we're like, hey, let's just hold steady. Let's not, you know, try to not pass it on until we absolutely have to. Because, man, this is rough. Like, shipping mm-hmm. containers, three grand to 30 grand. I mean, it's just nuts. Yeah, 100%, man. Well, listen, dude, I uh, I want to thank you for your transparency. I know, like, it's not the most fun to talk about some of this stuff. But I think, hopefully, if you guys were watching or listening, like, it, it, it you know, gives you some insight to what's going on. And, um like I said, Eric's always been a friend of mine. I've always been treated well from you guys, and that includes Aaron. And that includes Eduardo. Like I don't have a bad thing to say. I no. mean, it's, that's how it's, we met. It's so. the reason why we're married. Was Aaron's fortieth <laughs> birthday? Yeah, right? our first like, like big trip together was going down for Redcon for Aaron's birthday. So, so. Um, <laughs> you know, but but uh, and I also want to say, man, from a personal standpoint, it's great to see you smile and see you happy because I mean, you and I went through very similar stuff in life, and uh, it's it's yeah. good to see you in a good spot. So, and I got kicked in the dick repeatedly on that. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still getting kicked in the dick repeatedly on oh, that. No, but. I, too, don't, don't worry. It, I don't think it ever stops, man. No. Um, you know, and again, my, my biggest thing is my focus is always this place, my kids, like, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. just, you realize that cause one day all this stuff will be over. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what legacy do you build? And, you know, and that's like with Aaron, that's all he's trying to do is build a legacy for his kids. And, you know, I think mm-hmm. people don't see that, you know, because, yeah. They'll see maybe like things, but they, they that's really all he's doing is just trying to build a legacy for his kids, like all of us. We just want to leave something behind for our kids that's better than what we had. Yeah. And yeah, and you're right, man. Like it literally could all be gone today, tomorrow. We don't know when our time's gonna be called. You know, like anything can happen. So um yep. I appreciate you, my friend. I appreciate you guys having me. Every time you guys wanna talk shop, get on, I'm 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 good, good to go. Awesome.